Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and this week, we're diving into one of the most nostalgic-driven shows of all time, The Wonder Years. I mean, I don't think there is a show that hits the nostalgia button for me more than The Wonder Years, which doesn't really make a lot of sense considering I did not grow up in the era in which The Wonder Years is depicting in the 1960s. But it just works, and I think that's perfect for a Christmas episode, which we'll definitely get into a little bit later. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. We had Tom Crow from Tis the Podcast on. We talked King of Queens. Always fun when I get a chance to talk to other people. This is the first time I had Tom on the podcast, but Tom and I have talked numerous times before. He's just a treat, just a delight to talk to. We could have probably kept going for hours on end talking about a variety of different things, but... If you haven't already listened to that episode, I recommend going back and giving it a listen. It's a pretty fun one. And if you did listen, I do hope that you enjoyed it. We're getting that much closer to Christmas, and I hope this episode gets you just a little bit more into that holiday spirit. Now, on to the show. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song I will try not to sing out of key Oh baby, how do I All I need is my brother I say I'm gonna get high This week on the podcast, we're covering one of my favorite television shows, from my childhood with the wonder years this episode that we are covering it's simply titled christmas and it's from the third episode of the show's second season it debuted on december 14th of 1988 which means it premiered just ahead of my second christmas on this earth someone born in 1986 it seems weird when i look at the dates on some of this stuff because it was so ubiquitous for me growing up watching episodes of The Wonder Years, but knowing that I was only two uh, when this episode came out, it is kind of crazy. Since this is the first time covering the show, I wanted to give my own brief history with it. The Wonder Years was a show I remember watching a lot in syndication. It was one of those staple shows on Nick at Night. For me, I also remember it was on ABC Family before they moved over to Freeform. It's honest, It's been a really long time. Uh, since I've watched an episode of this show, I do remember when the streaming services became a bigger deal that this was a show I sort of streamed a little bit, maybe watching an episode here or there. But what I think what the show does so well, and I talked about it a little bit in the opening there, is that it makes me feel nostalgic for an era that I was not alive for. I'm very obviously not alive for. And it did a great job of touching on very serious subject. Um, We had a lot of talk about like the Vietnam War and that era and a lot of very heavy stuff for a family-driven show, but it also did a really good job of showing life through the lens of a young boy, so we didn't always get the full perspective from Kevin per se, maybe from Kevin the narrator, Uh, but I I just think it was such a wonderfully written show that it's a shame that it only lasted... uh, is, is the short amount of time that it did. 
Now, the show itself, it ran from 1988 until 1993 and had a total of 115 episodes over the span of six seasons. The series itself is set during the 1960s, as I mentioned, and it tackles a lot of the stories that were prominent during that era. The show stars Fred Savage as Kevin Arnold, Dan Loria plays Kevin's dad, Jack, Allie Mills starred as Kevin's mom, Norma, Olivia Diabo played Kevin's sister, Karen, and Jason Hervey played everybody's least favorite big brother in the history of the world, Wayne. I don't think there was anybody who ever watched Wonder Years and said Wayne was their favorite character. He was the jerky older brother. He played it very well. There may have been a few here or there sweet moments of Wayne, (laughs) but for the most part, Wayne was not a very likable friend. Josh Saviano played Kevin's best friend, Paul Pfeiffer, and despite the rumors that I heard back in the day, maybe some of you had heard back in the day, was that he was not played by musician Marilyn Manson. <laughs> that was, I, does anybody else remember that rumor? That was something, I don't know why, in the mid to late 90s that, or even early 2000s, that the rumor was Marilyn Manson played Paul Pfeiffer on The Wonder Years. It's just something that sticks out to me. Uh, So I'll I'll be interested if any of you remember (laughs) that specific rumor. Danica McKellar, who has since gone on to make a name for herself starring in many Hallmark Christmas movies, played Kevin's love interest, Winnie Cooper, who I think most boys at some point in their life of a certain age had a crush on Winnie Cooper. I think we all did. And last, but certainly not least, Daniel Stern played the narrator as the adult version of Kevin. And I have to give a a shout out to Daniel Stern. Not only is this a Christmas episode, but he also played Marv in Home Alone and Home Alone 2, which we all love. He has my favorite line in maybe any Christmas movie ever when he... (laughs) He's on top of the building in Home Alone 2, and he looks down at Kevin. Suck brick, kid! Makes me laugh every time. I've seen that movie a million times. Still makes me laugh. And also, he played the old man in A Christmas Story 2, a movie that I know is terrible, I tell people is terrible, yet I still watch it, and I still kind of like it. I think it's just because I'm such a big fan of A Christmas Story, I don't want to admit that it's absolutely terrible. But, I I mean, that's not entirely true, because I do think it's pretty bad, but it's something that I enjoy watching for whatever. I guess we all have our guilty pleasures, but I did need to point out Daniel Stern because of his rich, rich Christmas history. As for a synopsis of this episode, it basically all boils down to Kevin and Wayne trying to convince their father to buy a color TV for Christmas that year. Pretty straightforward. And even though, you know, nowadays it's not people trying to get a colored TV, it's it's something that everybody can connect to, that the new fancy technology is something you want, whether a few years back it was the flat screen TVs or an iPad or the newest gaming system. There's always something from a technological standpoint that people clamor for. And just in the late 1960s, this is what they wanted. They wanted that color TV. So the episode, it begins, we have Wayne and Kevin, they're staring at a color TV set at the store, and we get our first mention from the narrator here, and he notes it's the first thing Kevin and Wayne ever agreed upon. (laughs) And Kevin's mom and sister, they also buy into the idea of getting a color TV. They think, wow, that would look great, that'd be awesome to be able to watch TV this way, 
But when a salesman comes over to offer help, the voiceover points out that his father will be the hardest person to convince, and then we jump right to Jack complaining about paying eight bucks for a Christmas tree. Which, even back then, eight dollars for a big tree, I'd say that's probably a pretty good deal. An adult Kevin, he points out that his dad sort of goes into a slump this time of year, and that you have to kill him with kindness. So young Kevin, he enthusiastically offers to help with loading up the tree, and Jack... He immediately thinks something is wrong with Kevin. And then in this voiceover, we get a moment that feels very reminiscent from A Christmas Story. And he starts talking about how you have to drop subtle hints. And that's the best way to convince someone of what you want. Before Wayne ruins it all, being Wayne, and he just blurts out, So are you going to buy us that color TV or not? First of all, if if Wayne is my kid, I'm smacking him upside the head. Especially, it's, it's odd that Jack took as much crap from Wayne in this show as he did. Because Jack sort of has this, he has this uh, demeanor to him, this aura of him of being this big, strong, tough dad. You know, the guy that's not going to put up with your BS, the guy who grew up in the 40s and 50s, and he's not going to deal with this crap. So I, I was always curious, or... It always didn't make a lot of sense to me that Wayne was it was basically a smartass, and Jack just sort of let it slide by. I mean, he gets angry a little bit later at Wayne, but it's just weird that it took that long to get to that point. But Jack, of course, he doesn't see the need for them to have a color of TV. And then we get a classic dad line about how TVs cost money, money doesn't grow on trees. And despite the statement, though, Kevin, he's still pretty hopeful because his dad didn't exactly say no. Which, again, I love the logic from the child's perspective, because I think all of us have done this in our lives, where we ask a parent about something, and they give us a lot of reasons why not, but they don't say no. And especially for a kid around Christmas time, that little glimmer of hope is just enough to get you to the finish line. When we jump uh, into another scene, Kevin, he's in school, and the adult version talks about how there's nothing in life that goes slower than the last 10 minutes of school before a big break. And boy, is he right. Is that spot on? I mean, I've been out of school for years, years and years and years, but nothing, nothing dragged on in the moment like those last few minutes knowing you'd have a couple weeks off for Christmas break or whether it's before summer or spring break or anything like that. Oh my, those last few minutes seem to take forever. And Kevin has this moment, he's looking at the clock, it looks like it's going back in time. But finally, class gets dismissed. Kevin and Paul, they're arguing over which is better, Christmas or Hanukkah. Because if you don't know in this, Paul is Jewish. And Kevin believes Hanukkah is better because it's eight days of gifts. But Paul, he points out it's not quite the same because it is just like singular items and they're not always these big ticket, big money items that you would associate with like Christmas gifts. But Paul, he asks Kevin what he wants for Christmas. And we get this sort of like dreamy sequence and he's staring at Winnie and she's walking down the hall. Then we get a great like record screech of like, Err! when we see her holding another boy's hand. Kevin, he then gets knocked out of his fog and he admits, I want a color TV. And just then, Winnie, she comes out to him, gives him a present. But she, she says he can't open it until Christmas. And Kevin, being the smooth guy he is, says he's got a gift for her too. 
and he says he'll drop it off at her house later. So Kevin, he's now in a world of trouble because he's got to figure out what he's got to get Winnie. Now back at the Arnold house, we have the family, they're setting up the Christmas tree. Adult Kevin, he's talking about how he hated, hated hearing about all the same Christmas nostalgia stories, especially when his mom brought up him playing Santa in the school play. He didn't like that it was, he didn't like that it was brought up, but Jack, in this moment, we get a little bit of a softy moment, and he smiles, and he tells Kevin, he's, you know, he was like, you know what, it was cute when you played Santa. So this is where Kevin thinks his dad is softening up a little bit, maybe he can kind of sneak in with some more requests for a colored TV, then Wayne, being the, the jerk brother, jumps in and asks, when are we going to get that colored TV? And again, Jack brings up that they're expensive, and he rhetorically asks anyone if they know how much that costs. Kevin, not understanding that it was rhetorical, just blurts out, they're $469.95 plus tax. So I wanted to do some research to see how much that would be in current times, and I'm assuming this is supposed to take place in the year 1969, because the show is based between 1968 and 1973. It's the show's second season, so I'm assuming it's 1969. Now, according to an inflation calculator, the TV, which costs $469.95 in, 1990, uh, in 1969, excuse me, would cost roughly $3,541.77. So that's a pretty big chunk of change for a television and a large portion, I'm sure, uh, of the Arnold family income. I mean, that's a big price to play. And by comparison... Look, I just bought a new 55-inch TV a couple weeks ago for under $400. So I totally sympathize with Jack here that this is a major expense. A major, major expense and not one that is a necessary expense. And he admits that he would love to have the color TV, but it's a big dent to the pocketbook. So we at least know in this moment Jack, he wants one, but he can't really justify paying for this TV, considering how much money they're asking for it. Wayne, now in this moment, he thinks it's Kevin's fault that Kevin told him the price as if Wayne hasn't been a jerk this entire time, while Karen believes her dad's just playing all this off, that he can't afford it because he wants to uh, surprise them for Christmas. But I feel like if you know Jack and you know this show, that doesn't really seem to be up his alley. And when we're out in the kitchen... And the parents are just in there, they're wrapping gifts, and Jack notes to Norma, he's like, look, we we can't afford it. We just can't. But Norma, she thinks buying the TV will be a good thing for the family, because she saw how enthralled the kids were together watching it at the store. It's just funny that this logic that she wanted to get the TV because it would bring the, the family closer together, where nowadays people are trying so hard to get their kids away from the TVs or tablets or phones or anything like that. So it's just funny. So the next scene, we have the entire family, along with Paul, who came with Kevin. They're back at the store. And they stop, and the two of them watch a little bit of Mr. Magoo's Christmas carols on one of the colored TVs. Before Kevin and Paul, they dart off because they got to go find this gift for Winnie. Kevin, he's trying to find the same perfume that Winnie always wears, and he's having a hard time trying to determine what it is. So he's trying to find it, but he doesn't know what it is. So we get this big, long montage of him smelling different perfumes and all these different things. Paul looks like he's about to pass out. And then finally, after what seems like an endless amount of bottles, Kevin 
figures out which perfume it is. Before Paul pointing out and making a great point here is that why would you buy her something you know she already has? And then the next scene, it, it cuts to Kevin buying Winnie a snow globe, which it's just I, I love that like sort of juxtaposition of him spending all this time trying to find the perfect quote unquote perfect gift and then realizing she already has the thing that he wants to get her. But now it's Christmas Eve and we get Wayne being his usual obnoxious self. He's watching the TV and he says, wow, I wonder what color that car is. And the, Or he's like, look, it's the ocean. Do you think it's orange? Before Karen, she tells him to shut up. Which again, Wayne's the worst. Let's just all admit that. Wayne is the worst. Nobody likes Wayne and he's just being a jerk in this entire episode. And this is when we learn that the Arnolds, they're going to be going caroling a little bit later that night, but everybody's in a bad mood. Everybody seems kind of upset. And Kevin, he believes his family's lost all the family spirit. So being the good kid that he is, he's trying to brighten the mood, trying to bring that Christmas spirit back. So he brings up that Santa story about him when he was younger in the school play no one's biting on it. Nobody finds cute, cute Kevin as the cute kid anymore. Now, Wayne, he's still being a jerk, continues to just be that guy before Karen yells at him again. And she's like, we're not getting a TV. We're not getting a TV. Just stop. And then she says she's heading out on a date, which Jack informs her no one's leaving the house because it's Christmas Eve and the family, they're going to spend time together, but they all go to different rooms leaving Kevin to then go over to Winnie's house with the gift he has for her. Kevin, he walks down the street, he gets to Winnie's house, and we have this little fantasy scene of Winnie opening up the door. White Christmas is playing beautifully in the background. It starts to snow. She's about to plant a big kiss on his lips before, in reality, the door opens and it's a person he's never seen before. And this woman says that the Coopers, they've decided to spend the holidays with relatives on a last-minute decision. And the woman, she also brings up that Winnie's brother, Brian, who we learned earlier in the show had been killed in Vietnam. I believe that was the very first episode of the series, was Kevin sort of consoling Winnie after she found out her brother had died. But Kevin, he feels like he's the dumbest person on earth for forgetting that. And then he rings the doorbell again, and he hands the gift over to this woman to give to Winnie. But this is, this is the part of the episode where I have some questions. So... Who the hell is this woman? I mean, we know the Coopers went to be with relatives. So this person's implying that she isn't a relative. So are we led to believe there are just some house sitters at the Coopers residence on Christmas Eve? As if this woman doesn't have a place to be? Uh, I I mean, honestly, I think I thought about this way more than I should have. I just wish that it would have been like, oh, I'm her neighbor. I was just over here keeping an eye on things or something like that. But for whatever reason, that whole little bit kind of threw me off. But now, a very despondent Kevin, he starts roaming around the neighborhood. We have Joni Mitchell playing in the background before he stumbles across his family and some others singing Silent Night as they're caroling outside of a house. And the narrator version of Kevin notes that nothing but a miracle will be able to save the night before Kevin holds out his hand as if it may be a snowflake falling. But then it starts pouring down rain and he notes his dad just stood there in the rain while the, the others ran off so it's just jack standing there it's pouring down rain the the rest of the uh the arnold family is also standing there 
And then Jack starts to absolutely crack up laughing. The entire family laughs, which, by the way, if you go back and watch this episode, those are some really fake laughs. <laughs> really fake, especially Kevin. So if you go back and watch this, I recommend focusing in on Kevin when they all start laughing after it starts raining because it looks so unbelievably fake. We head to the next scene, the entire family, they're joking around in the kitchen, and then we get the voiceover of Kevin noting he doesn't even remember what he got for Christmas that year. But he does remember his dad got his mom a bracelet that, quote, knocked her socks off. He said they did get the color TV, but it wasn't for a couple more years. Then we then see Kevin sitting under the tree at night, starting to open the gift Winnie gave him. And we get this great, poignant moment from his adult self. For me, that year Christmas stopped being about tinsel and wrapping paper and started being about memory. At first, that was disappointing, until I learned that memory is a way of holding on to the things you love, the things you are, the things you wish to never lose. And I learned from Winnie that in a world that changes too fast, the best we can do is wish each other Merry Christmas. And good luck. with us seeing that Winnie got Kevin a four-leaf clover and that wraps up Christmas from season two of The Wonder Years. And as you know, we like to determine on this podcast if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic. We give it either a You Got It Dude or a No Way Jose. And for this, I'm giving it a You Got It Dude. This was a little closer than I expected it to be going into it. I, I guess I didn't get as much Christmas feels as I thought I would. But the voiceover at the end was great, and it really shifted the tide for me. Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, the Wonder Years, they do a great job of making me feel nostalgic for an era, even though I didn't live in it. And I love the look of the family's Christmas decorations. It's none of those things that it's really overdone, because it wasn't something that was overdone, really, in the 60s and 70s. And I've always been a fan of the like old school or vintage decorations, so that gave me a lot of feels. I think in the end, what I liked about it is it's a story about a kid wanting a special gift for Christmas. And while we've seen a lot where they end up getting the ideal perfect gift, like Ralphie gets in A Christmas Story, he gets his BB gun, that this, Kevin still learned a lesson here. And they still eventually got the, the TV a few years later, but he learned something. And I think there was a really poignant thing at the end of the episode where we get that great voiceover, as I mentioned, from the adult version of Christmas. So if you were someone who watched the show growing up, maybe even you grew up in that era of the 1960s, 1970s, I think this is the, the type of episode you'll really enjoy. And it's, it's one that I'm glad I watched it. I haven't seen this one in a really long time. I think it'll become part of my rotation the closer we get to Christmas because I do think it's that good of an episode. Well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. As always, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching for TGI Podcast. You can also email the show at tgipodcast.matt at gmail.com. So if you have left us a review on Apple Podcasts, let me know. Send me an email. Give me your name. Give me your address. I'll send you some stickers. Uh, all that. You could throw them on wherever you want. Uh, 
So we also have a couple more episodes coming up later this month. I do think you're going to enjoy what's ahead. We're going to have a special bonus uh, album, a special bonus episode coming that I'm very excited about. It's very different than anything we have done before on the podcast. So kind of stretching our uh, legs out here, trying to to do something a little bit different. Hopefully it turns out pretty well. Uh, As always, be sure you listen through to the end of this episode. After these final little notes here, we've got some promos for some other Christmas podcasts that I think you'll really enjoy as well. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this one, and I will talk to you all very soon. The Christmas Alphabet Podcast is all about Christmas in alphabetical order. I'm Wayne, your host, and I bring you a new episode every two weeks throughout the year. Each time we look at Christmas history, food, music and fun facts, starting with just one letter of the alphabet. Join me as we follow the alphabet all through the year, all about Christmas. Subscribe and join us at the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Don't you wish the holidays would last the entire year? Well, now it can. Head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com where you can enjoy the holidays all year long. You can chat with other Christmas enthusiasts on any topic you can think of. Movies, books, cooking, decorating, anything. If it's about Christmas, it's here. Joining My Merry Christmas is completely free. But if you become a premier member, you can enjoy extra bonuses such as a yearly Christmas card exchange and Kringle Radio, Santa's exclusive Christmas radio station. For only $19.95, you can become a premier member of MyMerryChristmas.com for a full year. So head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com and start enjoying Christmas all year long. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Yurick, and be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.